Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Episode 684 of my podcast, Home Intelligent Rambling, right here in Talk Shoot Network, with the longest running single hosted pop culture podcast in Ontario. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Russell Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today as we march on through. Summer is just, you know, just marching by really quickly this year. And there's lots to talk about on the show today. At the time of this recording, the writer's strike and actor's strike is still going on with not a lot of end in sight, and we'll see how this affects Hollywood in the future to come. Also, it looks like Disney may be for sale. Apple may be the buyer. Uh, And that's the rumor that's going out at the time of this recording. We'll see if that happens. If that does, man, that's going to be a big one, because that is going to change a lot of things. And at the time of this recording, as I mentioned probably in a previous show, but I'll mention again, because maybe I didn't, that uh, Disney has pulled... It's uh, physical media from Australia and New Zealand. Uh, as of the end of the, as of the last release of Guardians of the Galaxy, which we're talking about today, you can't be able to buy any physical media. None new physical media will be sold in those countries. And that's crappy. And I hope it doesn't happen. Knock wood here. Please don't do it to North America. Please. So there's lots uh, going on. What's on today's show? Well, we're going to kick things off with a brand new chapter in the DC animated universe movies with Justice League War World on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Then we go from the world from the world of War World to a, a, a brand new uh, Blu-ray review from the great folks at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment is Knights of the Zodiac or Le Chevalier du Zodiac for you today. And then we go from the... Um, Kind of teenage angst to more teenage angst, but this time in a post-apocalyptic world with my Blu-ray review of The Last of Us, the complete first season, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment, the popular adaptation of the video game to the small screen. And then speaking of lasts and finales, you'll have my digital movie review of the final chapter, at least of this version of the Guardian of the Galaxy. Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 3, my digital review, courtesy of great folks at Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. So that's all on this episode of Ramble Russell. So we're going to take a quick little musical interlude and write the first review of the show. My first 4K Blu-ray review for this episode is Justice League War World, courtesy of Warner Bros. Pictures Home Entertainment. Where about Pictures Home Entertainment? Send me a copy of this video to review for my podcast. The opinions I express are my own. Now, this is another chapter in the DC Universe movies, which is kind of the Tomorrowverse universe of movies that was established a few videos ago and is becoming a bit of a bigger picture. Now, if you remember my review of the latest, uh, the, the one before this, which was the Supergirl, uh, the Legion of Superheroes movies featuring Supergirl, all these newer movies are kind of interconnecting. If, if you remember me talking about the ending of that movie, like the 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 kind of um, post post ending post credit scene, really I'm like what the heck happened here? What the heck happened to Batman and Superman? Well. In this movie, we find out. Now, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, much like the these previous, you know, DC stuff, <laughs> these movies continue to be made with an R rating. So even though it's a cartoon, you know, you can change universes 
these still not are really meant for kids. If you want kids, like watch Justice League, go through all the Bruce Tim stuff. So these are very violent. Now, it's a little deceptive, okay? Because on the front, you see the big tree, the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And in this movie is a combination of movies in that it, it, it features Wonder Woman in the Old West, Clark Kent uh, of uh, Superman in a 1950s kind of era, filmed in, in, like, in black and white animation, and Batman in the Stone Age, if you will. Batman, like, Batman the Barbarian. <laughs> Yeah, as as in that kind of land, and and that's for a good chunk of the like for a good early part of this movie, for a good chunk of the movie, you get each of them in their own little segment, doing their own thing. But it, it's like it's like what ifs, if you will, and 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 you have them kind of guest starring. So it's like. Now what you expect, you're thinking, oh, War World, they're going to be in like a gladiator thing, and it's going to be fighting and all kinds of gladiator stuff and stuff. No. <laughs> if you want that version of Justice League War World, you got to go back to, like I said, to the old you know, Superman, uh, uh, the old Justice League animated series, where they had Mongol, and they did that version of War World. Mongol is in this one. And he's not the Mongol you know. This isn't the Mongol from the 1990s comics where he's big and bulky and he's big like Thanos. No, <laughs> this is a emaciated, skinny Mongol. He, he's still got the yellow skin, but he's, he's kind of, like, we're talking Ebony Maw kind of thin, which is a really odd look for him. So, so you have these three Trinity and these characters, and... You know, on the nice cover, you see Batman, and he's, you know, he's got it showing him in his, like, his barbarian gear, the really cool cowl and the, and the cape and stuff. <laughs> well, I hate to burst a bubble, but that look he has in that segment lasts, and I'm not joking, lasts for seconds, all right? And then, bammo, it's the cowl and the cape are gone, and for most of the rest of this game that time, it's just an unbasked Bruce Wayne in, you know, barbarian gear. No cape, no cowl, and like, damn! I mean, in long hair, it's like, okay, but that's not as cool as he would have been with the cowl and the cape on. Now you're saying to yourself, oh, cape's not practical. You know, people could grab it and swing them around and stuff. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, yeah, you can enjoy that look for a few seconds, and then it's like... Yeah, no, that's gone. I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe the cape was too much to animate. They're like, oh, capes, it's us fishy and stuff. We don't want to do it. <laughs> it's a shame. It's like, oh, you just, you tease me and then you let it go. This is an odd little movie. I mean, in the Western part, you have Jonah Hex and Batlash uh, are in this. And, and the, the, the Superman segment is very much... You know, Twilight Zone kind of inspired, and the Batman one is very Conan and the Barbarian. It's very bloody and very violent. This is, like I said at the start, this is nice. This is not, this is rated R for some bloody violence. It's not a kid's cartoon, folks. And, and as I thought, the ending of this very much, very much hints at something bigger happening in this universe. There's a character that shows up. And if you're looking, you know, for the, the Trinity to, you know, you know, fight as he traditionally would, you don't you don't really get this until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. The rest of the time they're all these other selves. And they're not really performing a full function. But the end of this movie does feature a an appearance of a character that that you could say is a harbinger for things to come. And she looks a lot like Nova from Marvel. It's like, oh, is Nova showing up in DC with the purpley kind of look? It's like, did nobody else see this when they animated this? Like, really? She looks a lot like Nova. <laughs> Just saying. Remember, if I'm wrong, Ramblers, say it. Tweet it to me and say I'm off base. But, you know, I, I might even be tempted. To, to grab a screenshot of this. I mean, maybe I'll throw this on Twitter. Although it's a bit of a spoily thing. But 
I don't know, to, to go, because, oh man, it just, I've never seen the character animated that way. Maybe I'm not keeping up on the current looks, yada, 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 but <laughs> it just threw me for a second. And then the way she says things, and when you watch these extras, you're going, oh, it's okay, it's okay. So it, it does hint at a big event coming up in this tomorrow verse. And if they do this, it's gonna be at a premature end. I think this universe was just getting going. I think it was just trying to gain speed. And now it looks like they're going direction of, oh, we're gonna tie this up with a bow and we're gonna end it. And like, you just got into this universe. The previous incarnation of the DCAU <laughs> that was, you know, that 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 existed before the Flashpoint Desanimated movie. That had quite a few, you know, releases before they wrapped it up in a bow. And I'm thinking, like, really? Now, I hope if they do what I do, they at least span it out over, like, at least two or three releases. Because if they're basing it on the classic miniseries storyline, I think they are, which they pretty much said they are without saying it, <laughs> then... It deserves more than one movie, man, because the original series was like 12 comics spanning over multiple titles. Come in. So I, I'm curious to see the, the interpretation they do with it, because if they do that, then they have to bring in a lot more characters we have not seen in this Tomorrowverse, and I'm curious to see how they go with it and if they keep the old comic book series or they take a completely new spin on it to try yet another reboot of the DC animated U. Voice cast wise, good old Jason Eccles is back as Batman, which is cool. Troy Baker is Jonah Hex, which is neat. Yeah, speaking of uh, Last of Us, uh, you have Matt Boomer is just an old man. <laughs> uh, Darian Chris is uh, is Superman in this one, and you have. Uh, and you have Stana Katik as Wonder Woman. So a decent, you know, voice cast. Oh, and Don DiMaggio is Lobo. Which, yeah, there's a few little guest other characters. And he's a good Lobo. I think he's done Lobo before. Maybe, but he he, he works well. <laughs> oh, you hear a little bender, but I'll always hear bender in that guy's voice. So, so that's a nice surprise. You know, there are some characters that show up and you're like, Oh, well, that's kind of neat. And, and you may or may not like this Mongo. I prefer a Mongo that's, you know, big and, and strong and can physically go toe-to-toe -to -toe and not so much an emaciated, big yellow dude. <laughs> that's just me. And it, 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 now, as overall, I mean, it is an interesting take on it. Uh, it's you know, switching with these genres and stuff. I liked some of the designs. I would love to see the look that Wonder Woman had in the Wild West as a figure. Come on, McFarlane, you can do it. And and I'd love to see the the that Batman done as well. We have a similar version of that Batman done currently with the, the DC uh, page punch DC page punchers, the the the, the frozen Batman stuff with the bar with the a similar look but not the same. So maybe you know. McFarlane loves his variants. We could do a variant of this look with the cow. And then with soups, he's just Clark Kent in a suit. So, <laughs> black and white. So maybe you could do that, I guess. Because I don't think there's been a Clark Kent done in the DC Multiverse figure at this point. Sure. But yeah, I, I like the, the interpretation of it. And, and this is probably the most violent you will ever see Wonder Woman. <laughs> this one. She is just... Man, she's not a woman you want to mess with at all. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, I, I think it's a, a neat chapter. It is very much a, a lead up to something bigger. I mean, how much more they can hint, than hint at it than what it is. Uh, and, and that's that. For extras, you don't get a lot. There is no episodes from the DC Vault, which is really weird. They usually put like a couple of bonus cartoons in this one, but nope. Not this time. Uh, you don't get no commentary. I would have loved to get a commentary on this. That would have been kind of cool, considering what they were trying to do with it. You do get a um, you get a go, you know, with illusions on War World featurette. So there is one featurette there. Illusions of War, War, War World. I said that five times fast. 
and the dive deep into the origins and histories of key players with the heroic, horrible, and hideous is just, again, another kind of look into the various characters that are in this feature. No, no featurette again by the voice actors. I will keep on this hype. I, I will keep pointing this out. It really is disappointing. Come on, DC. You know, it's great we hear from the artists and the producers and the directors of these animated projects. But come on, I want to hear from the voice actors. Why, why are you not doing that anymore? At one time, you look back at the older DC Animated Universe releases. There was commentary and there were featurettes for the voice actors. Now they just it's like, nope. And that's disappointing. I'll keep on this horse until they change it. But it's just sad. You have all this voice talent and, and you don't hear from them at all about performing these parts. Which is just come on. So uh, and also uh, with with the uh, another one to point out with the cover, a nice shiny cover of the four carry. I like how that does. And the side slip cover does continue that DC universe side artwork. So so if you get the, you know the previous ones, it does line up cool. I like how they're doing that. You know when it stands up on a shelf, these are really going to stand out. And it's gonna be cool to line them all up like that. So that I like that feature, and I, I'll, I'll be sad to see that end, whenever they end the Tomorrow Universe, because I feel they're gonna do that, but we shall see. One other thing I want to add before I finish this review: what uh, feature quality wise, this looks great on 4K. Animation on 4K looks fantastic, and this is, you know, no exception to the rule. It really has a crispness and and a. A detail that you know just regular animation when you go back down it's like ah, it doesn't look as good and, and this definitely matches the bill that way so that is my take of the justice league war world on 4k blu-ray courtesy of the great folks at one of those pictures home entertainment but it's too much This episode is Knights of the Zodiac, or Les Chevaliers du Zodiac, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, this is a, a leather kind of um, adapted genre, if you will. It, it was an essentially originally an anime. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not the most anime kind of guy, but it was, you know, based off uh, of a 2DO, an, 2DO animation. 
So it is based on that, and it revolves around the premise of um, you have um, these these gods are, I guess, their essences are inhabiting people. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it basically it is a story of a young guy who who at a young age you know gets kind of left to his own. His sister gets taken away, and he discovers that he has some of these amazing hidden powers that he must uncover to save some cute chick. <laughs> so it's it's another one of these kind of journey stories where this kid, you know, suddenly has these powers he didn't know he has, and then he has to kind of figure out how he can use them and that kind of thing. And, and it's a great shot of him in uniform on the cover Okay, you know, Ramblers, you're not going to see that to like near the end of the movie. A lot of this movie is an origin story. It's a training montage kind of deal. So it, 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 it and it's, so you have this one group that has, uh, that has this, so this kid who is part of the knights that have to protect the, the goddess Athena. So it's a bit of like Greek mythology mode in. And the, the, the essence of the goddess Athena is in the the character of Sienna, played by Madison Eisman, who looks a lot like a young Hayden Panettiere. Maybe I'm not the only one seeing that. And 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 in um, the character of Sia, uh, played by McInnu, uh, gets recruited by good old Sean Bean, who is who is Sienna's father, to to you know kind of help protect his daughter. Throwing in the mix, you have the uh, character of Vander Grad, played by Go Famke Jansen. Yes, Jean Grey herself is kind of the villainess of the story. And then you also have a young, you know, kind of mean boy uh, who plays Nero, who is um, acted by Diego Tinoco. So it, it's one of these stories. It reminds me a lot of, although I haven't watched it in a while, uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. <laughs> Same kind of premise. I have this young kid who gets, you know, suddenly his life gets upended when the gods of ancient myth come into his life. That's, that's, that's the premise of it. The effects are pretty good, though, like I said, you don't really see any of this kind of night stuff. Like, till the very end of the movie, it's like, you know, we're just going to make you wait until then. There are some good, like, you know, kung fu kind of fighting, kind of martial arts kind of stuff. Uh, in it, and, and it has a, a a nice, you know, it's a nice tone, and and it's it's, it's you know the kind of um, typical story of a young kid has to overcome his his inner turmoil to finally succeed. Ah, uh, you know that that's kind of how uh, the story goes. I know I know it's very simplistic. You're saying, well, Russ, it's a very simplistic way of talking about the story, <laughs> but that's what it is. It, it in a way almost sets itself up to be like, oh, you know, maybe it's it's like an origin story, like, oh, maybe there'll be more adventures and other stuff that will go on for this, right? But you don't know. But that that's just kind of how how it plays out. And and it, it it's it's, it's uh, interesting. I mean I mean it, it, it's probably I would get more out of it if maybe I, you know, knew the source material better if it was like, oh well, you know this because I know the source material, then it's like super cool, and I've waited my whole life to <laughs> to 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 watch this. And then we, you know, that's the case. But it isn't really. So yeah, uh, when it comes to extras, not bad set of extras. You do get you know some deleted scenes. You get some character vignettes. You know where they're like talking about each of the characters and that kind of stuff. And you do get, um, and you get a set of uh, the stunt team and all the stunts and kind of the pre-stunting work that was done with it. And you get concept art. Nothing, no director's commentary, which is like, you know, then maybe there should have been that uh, in it, but there isn't. And and it's a, you know, a nice story. If you want something that's kind of safe, there's nothing really in there that's too risque. Although some of the fighting, ooh, can be brutal. And a lot of the enemies he fights, and this is very much like a, a, a stunty movie. <laughs> Are these guys just the, the covered head to toe in gear and a mask and and you hardly don't see their faces. So, I mean, it's a stunt worker's paradise when it comes to that kind of thing. 
So it is what it is. It's an origin movie, and and you gotta kind of take it as that. And and it and it's uh it's a decent set of extras for Sony. So it's a decent set of extras. Nothing really big. It's only a one disc. But if you're looking for a little bit of fantasy, it's nice to see Famke and Sean Bean working together. And and the ending is kind of like you watch it, and you think a second. Wait a minute. Did they just change actresses for the character? Because it's a little confusing. It does set itself for, for a sequel. Whether a sequel happens, who knows? But it's it's an interesting take on, on Greek mythology, if you will. So that is my take of Knights of the Zodiac, or Le Chevalier de Zodiac, on a Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. My TV show on Blu-ray review for this episode is The Last of Us, the complete first season, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this Blu-ray 2 review for the podcast. The opinions I express are my own. Now, to give you guys a bit of a history of The Last of Us, I originally played this game back on my old PS3 way back in the early 2000s. I might have even talked about it on this very show. Maybe. And I was always impressed by the original video game. It was one of those games I, you know, I there were t- times it was hard, tricky, but I got through it. And the ending is is such an ending. And I always thought, you know, maybe one day we'll make this into a TV show. And lo and behold, it got made. Now I was very careful when this came out, not to, you know listen too much, watch too much. I want to wait till it got on video, and I go watch it all together. The show is on four discs. It is nine episodes, and some are a little longer than others, but it basically tells the story of the first game, with a little bit of added stuff to it. A lot of the actors and actresses that did voice work for the original game, first one, part one, do appear as their characters in the series, and that's kind of cool. I really like how they did that, and that, you know, for people who have played the game... It, it, it really is kind of neat to do that. Now, I haven't played it in, like, ages. But it was still kind of cool to see that, you know, that they, they went to that extent to do that. Now, there are some changes that they made when it comes to, you know, the TV show. Because you know Hollywood these days, Ramblers, you know that they just can't, you know, 
There has to be changes. There has to be certain things in a TV show or things are not represented properly. And this is no exception to the rule. And part of the casting really makes me scratch my head. And and I, I see this more and more now. And, you know, I'm getting kind of sick of it. One of the main characters, of course, in the game was Joel's um, daughter, Sarah. And, and the story on The Last of Us is... You had this character, Joel, who was living in a post-apocalyptic world where a, a virus, a fungus, whatever, has spread throughout the world. Humanity is on its last ends. And the story of the game basically is, is at the start of the story, uh, Joel unfortunately loses. And slight spoilers here, but if you played the game, he, he loses his daughter, Sarah, when the world starts to go to crap. And then he gets thrown into a place where he has to take this girl, Ellie, to um, on a journey because she possibly has a cure to what has caused the world to go to crap. <laughs> and so the, the, the game and this first season is his journey, you know, to get Ellie to, to some, some scientists to see if, you know, a cure can be found because she's immune. So that's the premise of the story. Now, in, in the video game, Joel's character, daughter, Sarah, was white, right? And, and you know, and in, in this version, and I don't know why they did, I just, I don't understand the casting. They made uh, the, uh, Sarah in the, in, the, in the TV show black. Now, when you see this, you go, okay, was this choice done? because she was the best actress for the role? Or did you need to check a check mark in your everybody's got to be represented uh, box? Because it makes me wonder, did you cast, did you even audition any, you know, just girls, white girls that look like the character in the show? Did you, I mean, in the original game, was that even a consideration? Or you're like, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. We, we got to, you know, mix it up a bit. Just like, you know, we had to do that for The Outsider. <laughs> and if you listen to my show, you know exactly why some of the casting choices in The Outsider. I'm like, wow. So that's done. Uh, I, I, I do give, you know, the, the actress who played Sarah credit. She's a good little actress. Her part is not very long. But it, it still seems to me a bit of stunt casting in it. Also, uh, throughout the nine episodes, there's, there's a character that is in the game. He's in the show. And, and in the game, they, they hint that he had somebody else that was a friend. In the, the show, they pretty much imply that the guy's friend was, was a homosexual and that this character is homosexual. And they spent a whole episode kind of focusing on that couple. And you watch that, and you go, okay, that served a plot device for Ellie and Joel to get a vehicle, but how necessary was that to show that side story? It just is like, is that just another reason? And you can call me cynic if you want um, to to check another checkbox. Now, aside from those differences, I thought. And like I said, I've played the game a long time. Uh, I thought the show's well done. I love the theme song. I, you know, I'll I'll give HBO, you know, Max credit for for this. They they really have a history in the last few years of making terrific theme songs for shows, and this is right up there. You know, next to them, Paramount Plus, they're, they're doing like the, some of the best work when it comes to TV themes because it's a legit theme, and I and it and it sounds like it came from the game. And what makes this show work? is the, the writers and the creators of the game are also part of the creative team of the show. And and it really shows, you know, that 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 is, it really comes across in it. Do you have to have played the game to watch the TV show? No. If you play the game and then watch the show, yeah, you'll pick up a little Easter eggs and things like that here and there, but it's not necessary. You don't have to watch source material. Now, if you haven't played the game, uh, you might want to watch play the game after watching the series. And if you 
just play the game, then you want to watch the series. They, they kind of tie into each other. And there's a very interesting casting when it comes to the game, uh, because many of the characters that did voice for the game, including, uh, including Marlene, are in the actual TV show. And the, the actress of um, who, who originally voiced the voice of Ellie in the game has a very interesting, and I would say totally makes sense, role in the new TV show. It's like, wait, and, and the, the casting of that is just like, that was a good idea. And and really works for me. And it's, it's nice to see that the people who, you know, the voice actors who made this such a huge hit have, 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 you know, been considered to do some of the roles in the TV show. Like, it really ties in. The, the huge props goes out to the actress who played Ellie. She is a great young actress. And they really did casting with her, at least. Because if you look at her and you look how she was portrayed in the game, yeah, that that's that's a pretty good matchup. And Pedro Pascal, now I'm one of the few people, and maybe you can take away my geek card if you want to, but you can um, a few people who have not watched The Mandalorian. It's one of my, like, to-do list. It's like, it's like, I have so many things to get through. It's there. Uh, so I haven't seen much of Pedro Pascal. I mean, I did see him a bit in Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't... And so I, I think he did a good job with Joel in this one. He, he plays Haunting well enough, and his inner, and, like, the chemistry between him and the actress who plays Ellie is, like, right on the lawn with it right on the, uh, the tile now keep in mind this is a violent show like the, the game is 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 not a hold my hands and smile game there are some violent brutal deaths in the show and 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 the the infected are very very creepy there's one scene where it's like an up close shot of, and it's it's and it's coming out of the mouth and it's like Oh, that is super creep. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's for nasty. Now, the show ends much like the game ends and does leave you as a viewer with a question. And do you agree to what Joel did? I'm not going to say in case you haven't seen it, but Joel at the end of this show, end of the season, makes a decision. And to this day, well, more than 10 years later, People are still debating, did Joel do the right thing? Is the decision he made the right decision? And that's interesting because it almost ties into what I see from Spider-Man and, and um, Across the Spider-Verse. Because when I've seen from that movie, Miles has a decision to make too. When it had a decision to make too, whether it's, your own selfish needs or the needs of you or the needs of the many. Now, I haven't a chance to see Spider-Verse yet. I'm hoping the nice folks at Sony will send me a copy to check out for you guys. But it's, it's, it poses that same question. If you were in that position, what choice would you make? And, and that's, I'm, I'm glad they didn't shy away from that because I thought, oh, TV, they got to change the ending. Now, it has been renewed for a second season. Huzzah! So we will see it, it go into more adventures. Now, there is a part two to this game. And I can tell you, I haven't played part two yet. But I've heard things. <laughs> I've heard there have been decisions made in part two in regards to some characters that a lot of people were not happy with. And, and they didn't like the direction of how that went. So, this begs the question for me, Ramblers. If they're going to do a second season, how true are they going to keep to part two? Considering the fan reaction the game had, are they going to keep to that for the TV show? They have an opportunity to go down that route or do go down that route. If they go down the route of part two of the game, from what I've heard, this is going to piss off a lot of viewers and, and it could make that show not have a third season. I'm the call it right now. So we will see how close they get because they make a decision in the game. Part two, I hear that it's just like a lot of people were not happy with how that storyline progressed. So we shall see, you know, what comes of that. Uh, but unfortunately, fans will have to wait a while 
because I guess due to the, the current ongoing writers and screen actor strike at the time of this recording, we may not see a season two until 2025. So that's going to be a long wait in between. For extras, you do get quite a lot. I've always been impressed by HBO. They always do a good job when it comes to extras. We have over two hours of extras. Now, for each episode, and this is on a four-disc set, each episode does have inside the episode. We've seen this before in HBO shows, and I, I love this feature. It's like a short little featurette, most of them around, some, you know, some are at 10 minutes, some are 8, some are 17, 16, 12. You know, that, that kind of th stuff where, where it highlights like a little behind-the-scenes featurette for each episode of the show. I, I'm glad they're continuing that, and that's neat. So that's... That's that remains a good chunk of your episodes. So that's on disc one, two, and three. Disc four has the remaining two episodes of the nine on with the inside the episodes, plus a whole raft of other extras. You get controllers down, which is a nice glimpse into the crew and the original video game producers and how they work with the show. You know about some of the challenges of adapting a video game to an HBO series. We get from levels to live action. This is another kind of more look into how, you know, in the same vein as how it focuses more on the actors' beats of the video game and the action beats of the game in the series. So it's like, what can we take the game and put into the TV show? Uh, you get Last of Us, Stranger Than Fiction. This is a really kind of freaky featurette, 24-minute uh, one which shows the similarities between, you know, some of the elements in the series, what's happening in the real world right now when it comes to pandemics and viruses and stuff. So, <laughs> oh, it might give you a little bit of upset, you know, a little bit of nightmares there. Uh, that's up to you. Then you get a nice uh, feature on Ashley Johnson Spotlight. This is the actress who played Ellie in the video game, and she gets profiled and about her role in Last of Us, which I think is a great form of casting right there. Uh, then you get Getting to Know Me. This is a fun little featurette where you have various actors from the show, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, uh, Merle Dandridge, Gabriel Luna, Nick Offerman, and Murray uh, Bartlett. They all, you know, discuss, you know, their characters and, you know, and their, their work uh, working with the show, which is good. Let's see. Here we go. Actors talking about their roles in a show. What a concept. Thank you for that. Then we get, you know, is this a line from The Last of Us? This is where, again, again we have, you know, uh, Pedro and, and Bella and Luna and, um, and Merle Dandridge play a funny game of where one says a line of dialogue and the other must answer if it's from The Last of Us or another TV show. So that's a cool, cool concept. Then uh, the last feature, and this is one, too, that is very informative and, and neat perspective. You get the last debrief from Troy Baker. This is the original voice of Joel in the video games, where it's three little featurettes, I think there's about five or six of them, that, that uh, highlight the Last of Us podcast, which I guess they did when they were doing the show. And, and, and he answers, a, and, the, and Joel answers, and sorry, Troy answers a lot of questions you know, from the show and about Last of Us in general. So that's a neat little featurette there. No commentaries on any of the episodes, which is a crying shame. Uh, you know, I wish there could have been more to that, but there isn't. Storm Reed has a very interesting role in, in this season. I think that's really well of her. Of course, last time people saw her was in Euphoria. So it's cool to see her in something different. And and it, it's, it's a really good show. Now, I say, it is gory. There are some really nasty deaths in this. And there are just people that you just should not mess around with. At one point, man, uh, Ellie and Joel uh, encounter this community. And and um, and they, they're tied in some people they dealt with before. And it's funny. You watch the show and you, you're thinking to yourself, you know, people, if you just left Joel and Ellie alone, none of what happened to you would have happened to you. But yeah, it's just... People, you should not leave alone. And there's a very cool scene in this season that involves an animal that was from the original game. And I thought, ah, that's cool that they recreated that for the TV show. Overall, if you if you if you played the game, you'll like this. If you've not played the game, I still you still get something out of it. You don't have to have played it to go understand and the the complexities of the world. That is The Last of Us. Very much looking forward to season two. I'm sad 
they'll have to wait close to two years for it. But it, it's it's a you know it's 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 been rated as one of the best adaptations. You know that that's ever been done, and I'd say it's it's definitely up there. Like it's quoted by the Hollywood Reporter as the best video game adaptation ever made for the big or small screen, and I'd say yeah, it it's up there. The best. Oh, it's been a lot of adaptations. Better than Halo, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I it, it is it is a good job. I'm curious to see what they do with two because as I said, there's a lot of changes that happened in season two. That a lot of fans are unhappy about, and will they repeat that on the TV show? Time will tell, Ramblers. Time will tell. That is my take of The Last of Us, the complete first season on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. This episode is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, courtesy of Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, they did send me just a code for this movie, so all I'm going to talk about is the movie itself. I can't talk about any extras, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I'm limited at. Now, I was looking forward to this movie. It's one of these movies I wish I could have seen in a theater, but, you know, just it's been tough to get to theaters lately, and I just have to eventually get to see it. It's the third and the Guardian of the Galaxy movies. And it and I, I, I went back and I watched at least the first uh, the first two, like the the pre the ones before it, just to get a feel for the team again. I even watched a bit of um Avengers Infinity War, just to get a feel for the characters. Because the third one, it's definitely a movie you need to you need to have seen the previous iterations or you won't get a lot of the references. In this third one, we're, we're kind of dealing with the aftermath of Endgame, really, when it comes to the Guardians and, and, and I guess for a certain extent, Thor, Love and Thunder, where they're there, Peter is still kind of getting over that the Gamora, the Gamora that is there is not the same Gamora that, um, that he knew before. You also get uh, Cosmo the dog has stolen from a male dog to a female dog. I don't know why they wanted to make her female, but now <laughs> Cosmo is just a girl dog in this one, cause cause they just wanted to. And and you the rest of the cast is back. Dave Bautista is as hilarious as ever <laughs> as, as Drax. And, and and this time around, Groot, I mean, actually, Groot, it's Groot, but Groot, um, I mean, Rocket, is kind of the highlight of this. This story um, kind of goes over the origin of Rocket. You've always wondered what made him into what he is today, when the, the kind of main thrust around it is that the, uh, 
the the high evolutionary, which this first time we've seen a live action version of him. We see him a lot in animated. I always remember him in the X Men animated series back in the nineteen nineties. Apparently, he was the creator of said rocket, and he's coming back to take back his property, aided by uh, Adam Warlock and the Sovereign. Yeah, so that Adam Warlock tease we had at the Guardians two does come to fruition, and we do get a version of Adam Warlock here. Now, keep in mind, <laughs> this version of Adam Warlock is a bit of a doofus. <laughs> he's He's got all this power, right? But he really doesn't know how to use it properly. And and that's kind of the humor of it. Uh, and you have Chud, uh, Chuck Woodsy, would you probably saying his name wrong. He is a high evolutionary in this one, and it really, you know, works well. I think his, he just has uh, a good, you know, a good presence uh, when it comes to that. Like, it really works to his favor. Yeah, so Will Poulter is Adam Warlock, and he's just, for the most part, an overpowered goof in it. And, and this marks... Uh, what what some are saying the the final iteration of the Guardians team as we know it to this day, and it does leave the series on an interesting note. I mean, th there has been announced that there will be a follow up uh, series with Star Lord that is coming up sometime in the near future. How near it is because of all the striking stuff, I don't know, but that ties into it. Once again, directed by James Gunn and music. It's funny that you, you watch the evolution of the music in the show because the first movie was a lot of 70s music. The second movie was a lot of the 80s mixed in there. And now the third movie, it's like 90s and 2000s. So it's quite the the evolution of, of music. And uh, Vin Diesel is back as Groot and Bradley Cooper is back as, as Rocket. And we get to hear something different from Groot. In in this <laughs> in this uh, movie, which is kind of cool. Uh, anyway, Groot is is much more capable. Uh, he's grown a little older, so he's not. A lot of people still love Baby Groot. So it is a good chapter. I I think it, it explores a lot uh, when it comes to character development. We also you know have um, Craglin made by Sean Gunn who. He has his own kind of evolution in it. And the action, this is crazy. And it's nice to see Cosmo, although it throws me off hearing a girl do Cosmo's voice, but whatever. Uh, you know, has as a role in this. And and, it, and it's a it's a fun kind of last hurrah, if you will, for this team of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh and, and I think it's it's a fun, it's a fun movie. If you if you didn't get a chance to see it, I wish I could have seen it. In the theater, and I wish I had watched it in 4K. But it is still a fun movie, and and definitely worth watching if you did not watch, if you have watched previous ones and want to get a sense of closure with a lot of the characters in this story. And I, I thought the the who played the High Evolutionary, I thought it was, it was slightly over the top in some instances, but still still worth, still still had it was worked like it matched who the, I thought the character should be. So that is my take of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on digital, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me in a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter or X, formerly Twitter, at RamblingRuss, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S, Tweet me, message me, X me, whatever, and I'll reply right back. And if you follow me, I will follow you on X Twitter. Of course, you can check out new shows right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm caller ID 18411. Check out all the new shows there, as well as on Google Play and Spotify. And if you want to blast to the past, past, and check out some of my older episodes from the good old days at Libsyn, check out my original homepage at http, full column, backslash, backslash, ramblingrus, r-i-m-b-l-i-n-g-r-u-s-s, dot Libsyn, that's dot l-i-b-s-y-n as in November, dot com, that's original home in your net, where I have over six plus years of podcasting goodness, going back uh, until I want to switch over here and talk to you at a full-time basis. Lots of old interviews, reviews, convention coverage from Fan Expo, way back from 2009 to 2012. If you want to check out old interviews, interviews, 
right there, and across many other podcast directories across the world wide web with the old and the new shows there for you guys to check out. What's coming up on future episodes of the show? I got a lot of stuff. As you long-term ramblers know, August and September are some of my biggest times of year. And even though uh, you may notice a certain film company doesn't send me stuff much anymore, even though I've lost some reviews that way, it's still more than enough to keep me busy. Knock wood at this time. Coming up on future episodes of the show, we're going to catch up with the Fast crew of Fast 10 on Blu-ray, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment, with my review of that. As well, back into the world of Resident Evil on Blu-ray with Resident Evil Death Island, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Then it's another trip to characters from the past, another chapter, if you will, of Babylon 5, The Road Home, on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment, and Metal Apocalypse, Army of the Doomstar on Blu-ray, a follow-up series to the Adult Swim series. I have put in a request in for the complete series on DVD. It has been delayed. I may or may not get a copy of that. I usually like, like I do with the Venture Brothers, like to watch the Razor series first and then the revival movie, but that won't happen at this time. Unless for some miracle, it comes in before the next show gets recorded. We'll see. But that uh, that is on coming up on future episodes of the show as well. That's not all. I did get copies of the brand new 4K edition of Enter the Dragon, starring Bruce Lee, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Entertainment, as well from Warner on 4K East of Eden, one of James Dean's movies, and Rio Bravo, starring John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Ricky Nelson on 4K, and a movie on Blu-ray. It will make for an interesting review. The Machine, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, <laughs> starring uh, Bert Kreischer, Mark Hamill, and Jimmy Totaro. So <laughs> that's an interesting film. That's all upcoming on future episodes of the show as well. Uh, uh, reviews of, of Ransomed and a few other uh, you know uh, digital copies of some movies as well in the near future. So lots to talk about in upcoming shows. As well, you know, if you're in the market for any action figures, uh, please check out uh, my affiliate link for Entertainment Earth. If you use code RAMRUS10, you will save 10%. And any orders that are $79 or more uh, in U.S. does ship free within the U.S. So if you're looking for any action figures, keep them in mind. And if you want to contribute to the show as well, check out my Amazon wish list. Anything on the wish list I will review if you want to, you know, control what I talk about in the show, any kind of content, then it's there for you. And if you pick something out, whatever you want, any dollar amount, I will mention on the show. If you want to make it anonymous, just say so. And I won't mention it all. I'll just say it from a grateful viewer. And in speaking with action figures, I am still working. I know I keep saying this, and, and Bernie keeps on me about this. I am still, I filmed a lot of stuff for my brand new YouTube channel called The Ramble Russell Video Vault with some action figure reviews. I've, I've filmed a lot. I just need to get it, put it together. But it will be coming. I will get it out very soon. When I do, I will put a link to the brand new YouTube channel in uh, on X slash Twitter uh, as soon as I can. And, and I'd let you guys know. I hope you do check out the YouTube channel. It's <laughs> I, I put a lot of work into this. I hope you like it. I'm just trying to expand some of my audience and do something a little bit different. Now that I've gone podcasting for 17 years. All these podcasters are getting into the podcast, uh, YouTubers are getting into the podcasting pool. I'm going to dip my foot in, in YouTube. Why not? So I'll have some uh, reviews of that stuff coming out soon. I hope you check it out and, and give me your honest opinion of it. And I hope you guys will following for it and tell me what you think. I have some really cool figures. You know, they've been out for a while, but I think you'll enjoy my, my take on reviewing them. So look for those to hit the old YouTube very, very soon. That is it for me. I've talked enough for today, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.